Hello and welcome to another episode of our podcast. Uh, we're doing this every single week. Actually, it was just me this week, Phil's a little bit sick, so I'm just going to answer all these questions myself. We've had loads of questions this week, a few emails as well, lots of comments on our platform for both of our courses, the Pronunciation Mastery course and our brand new course, the Mandarin Blueprint Method. So if anyone's listening to this that hasn't heard of us before or you just sort of stumbled across this podcast, the Mandarin Blueprint Method is, well, we're very excited about it. And the results we've been getting so far are very encouraging as well. It's a patent pending course. We intend to solve the problem of Chinese learning once and for all. So that problem mainly is the fact that characters are really hard to learn and characters are absolutely essential for long-term success with Chinese. So the reason why we've spent the time and effort and money to apply for a patent for these various methods that we employ is because they work really, really well. And we see we see a future with it. And this is also apparent with some of the success of our clients that we've had over the, the previous uh, week or two since we launched. So what we're doing at the moment for these podcasts is just answering the questions and comments that we've had in the previous week. Now in future episodes, we're going to have video and we're also going to be incorporating uh, different topics that we're going to discuss. And the comments are going to end up possibly being just sort of a, an aside to the, the main content. We're also going to have guests. Uh, we have lots of interesting guests lined up as well for future episodes. And because right now we're spending so much time handling the people that have signed up for the course during the launch and trying to get new people to sign up during this launch period, we're not currently doing a topic on the podcast, but we will be doing that uh, in later episodes. So we've got loads of comments. Let's, so let's get started so we can actually get through them all. First one here is from Ryan. This is another make a movie lesson. So before I get into this, actually, just want to point out again to people that aren't on our course or are part of our the Mandarin Blueprint Method course, that this character learning method is based on very strong visualizations and how to develop strong connections to characters through thinking of people, places, and objects, and actions to represent the various components within the characters. It's the same techniques that memory champions, memory athletes have been using for many years, and it's been around, these sorts of memory palace techniques have been around since the ancient Greeks. So you might hear a few things that sound a bit weird or sound a bit alien. You might, might not sound anything to do with Chinese whatsoever, but trust me, they are. And here's an example of that. So Ryan Smith, in order to learn the character Cole, has come up with this story. The final is OU, and he's representing this by the set of his sister's house. And this is third tone, Cole. So he's in the living room. And he, the set mnemonic, the word he used to connect to this place, to connect this, this place to the actual spelling of OU is the word shouting because his sister's toddler is very prone to shouting, apparently. The initial is K, Cole, and that's going to be represented by his grandfather via his name. Not sure what his name is. And the props for this one are horsehead, cigar, and a stick. So these props are real-life objects that are going to represent the components of the character. And this character is a very simple character, but it has three different components that make it up. So here is the movie scene. This is where everything is drawn together in order to represent the meaning of the character and show all of the things in action, the people, the place, the, the, or rather the actor, the set, and the props. I'm sitting on the couch, so the door to the back porch is on my right. 
very specific that's very good my grandpa is in the center of the room doing a kind of lumberjack log roll type thing on a gigantic cigar suddenly the cigar jerks to a stop and he's thrown off the cigar has gotten stuck on a stick jutting out of the floor a fellow in a horse head mask stands at the door of the backyard pointing and laughing at my grandpa's stumble which annoys my grandfather to the point of shoving the stick into the mouth of the horse's mask. Fantastic. I mean, everything is there. Now, again, for newbies, people that haven't heard of this method, this is a great movie scene because it uses all of the key props, which are the three that I mentioned, the cigar, the stick, and the horse's head mask. And it uses them to represent the meaning of this character. Now, one of the key meanings of this character is mouth. Hence why at the end of the story, he shoves the stick into the guy's, into the horse head mask guy's mouth. So that all comes together to represent the character Cole. And he just finishes it off with a comment. This is really quite shocking action for my grandpa since I never once saw him express a negative emotion greater than mild annoyance. So Ryan is an example of someone who has just got this method down in the very early stages. He's basically listened to all of our advice, taken it very seriously, and he's applied exactly, this is exactly what we want. And this is actually fairly similar to the story that I mentioned, the scene rather, that I mentioned in the actual video of this. Um, and that is a very good idea to do in the early days. Like basically copy the way we do it in the video and add your own flavor to it. I guess you could say you don't necessarily want to, uh, if someone's teaching you something, a skill, you don't want to go on your own and make make your own way of doing it before you have got the basics and the foundation down. This is an example as well of why it's so good to use people that you know personally in a movie scene. His grandpa is a very mild-mannered, very pleasant man and doesn't have a hot temper at all. So when he makes him react in a way that is not like his personality, it becomes more memorable. Now, you could also say the other way. It's also good to use people that you know well because you can make them act in a way that they would act easily because you know how they would react in certain situations. So if you choose people that you know well, or maybe it's a celebrity or a famous person that you know very well, you're not maybe not personally, but you know what they're like as a person, if something happens in a certain movie scene, you can easily make up how they react and the scene ends up writing itself. Whereas if you choose someone that you don't know very well or you know, a, a famous person that you don't know much about, but you just maybe just looks nice or you've seen them in a movie recently. It's not as easy. You have to really sort of work hard to figure out, okay, well, I guess he does this then. Um, but when you know them well, you don't have to worry about that. So it's fantastic, great story. It, it takes all the boxes. Is The actor is interacting with all the props at some point or the, rather the props are doing something. Uh, it looks like Ryan is just the merely obser the observer in this particular scene, which is absolutely fine as well. Here's another shorter version of a story by Abigail. Her script, that's what we often call these example stories. In the kitchen, there is a lightsaber. Imagine the sound effects she puts in brackets. Positioned vertically in the ground in front of the two stone slabs with the Ten Commandments. My friend called Shubash comes in and counteracts the dark side with a sonic screwdriver. Again, in brackets, cue sound effect. After the ordeal, we're both bent double with laughter. Okay, now again, I'm gonna go sort of start from the 
uh, go backwards and explain what each thing, each part of this scene actually meant. So I'm guessing the lightsaber is the horizontal line and the screwdriver is the vertical line or vice versa. I'm not 100% sure. So this is to learn the character shi, which is essentially a cross shape for the number 10 in Chinese. That's what it means. So you can see again, we've got two different props that represent the two lines, the horizontal and the vertical that cross over each other. And uh, yes, of course, I'm sorry, the lightsaber is the vertical line in this case because it's sticking vertically in the ground, obviously. And the two stone slabs, the Ten Commandments, are the representation of the meaning of the character. Then all she has to do is get her friend Shubash, again, SH is what Shubash is representing there. And she's in her childhood home, I assume, which is what we use for this particular final, well, when there's no final. And I just, obviously, this is a very personal thing. We've got a Star, Star Wars fan here. And the sound effects, the personal aspect of this story is just so memorable. And at the end, this is completely unnecessary, of course. But she's just added in the idea that they're both laughing at the end of the scene. So again, another fantastic, very memorable story to learn the number 10. And especially considering that I believe this is the second character. This is the... Well, technically, it's the fourth character of the entire thing. So, again, Abigail's going to be one of those people that is just going to smash this method. She just she gets it. So that's fantastic. The next question is from Demetrius. Uh, it's on the pronunciation mastery this time. We're just going to mix and match these. Uh, I haven't really organized these comments in any particular way. I'm just going to go through in the, the order that we've received them, essentially. So this is for the simple final A introduction. Um, I believe this was actually written a little while ago. Um, it's one of the, the straggler comments that we that we missed last week. Hi, are we supposed to write the words above, these meaning the example words, ba, ta, and mama, and baba? Are we supposed to write them down, or are we going to do it later? I find it helpful to write them down. Now, of course, it's great to write words down. That's a really good habit. But this is a pronunciation uh, course, and the Mandarin Blueprint Method course is the one where you should be thinking about writing down characters or, or words or even sentences. In the pronunciation mastery, just listen and repeat and do those Anki cards and you, you'll be fine. Don't worry about writing the characters. Now, unless you already have a knowledge of characters and you fancy writing it down, that's fine. But that's not going to help your pronunciation. Uh, if you were talking about the pinyin, then perhaps it could help a little bit. But pinyin is going to be mainly, your interaction with pinyin is mainly going to be typing typing it into a phone or a computer. You're not really going to be writing pinyin by hand very often. So thanks for that one, Demetrius. So back to the Mandarin Blueprint Method, we've got another question from Mark Baldwin on a casting call lesson. Casting call is where we ask you to choose an actor based on the spelling. And his comment is, it's going to be hard for me to find 13 sets and 55 actors. That's how many sets and actors there are in the entire method. For the, that's all you need for the entire language. I'm already having to resort to God, he says with a smiley face. Now, Mark, when we used to do this live, uh, we, used to, we taught this method live for several years, uh, locally and then online uh, to people around the world. And... We used to have to, because the way it was set out, we didn't have a video course platform at the time. We used to have to ask people to choose all of their actors at once. And then that was like their homework for the lesson. And then we'd give them a week to do that. And we would often get this, the, the same complaint. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people, right? 
And that's why we give so much suggestion in terms of we get a big list of real people's names to trigger people from your, your real life. And we also give a big list of famous people that also have that sort of spelling in their first or last name. Now imagine having to pick all of them at once, you know, that's, that's, that can be a bit tough. But the way we've laid this out, it's one actor at a time. We only introduce the specific actor or the, the specific set when it comes up in the order of characters. So you can just handle it one at a time. And if you think about it from another perspective as well, I mean, 55 actors and 13 sets and then you are done. That's the entire language sorted out. And the vast majority of these are going to be chosen before character 100. And, um, you know, it's, uh, don't worry, it's not as much of a Herculean task as it seems on the surface. And also, please don't choose God yet because <laughs> we have uh, a final group of actors. There are four different categories of actor, males, females, fictional, and the final group is either gods or world leaders, just so they're all distinct in like visually. So just take each video one at a time. When you're asked to choose an actor, think about that particular actor. Don't worry about the other actors you have to pick later. Just take each video as it comes. Eric Engel comments, this is probably stupid of me to say, and I've looked at the question, it's certainly not. What if your home or childhood was a nightmare, traumatic war zone or abusive? I really don't feel like revisiting aspects of my personal past. I completely understand. We actually, again, like I said, we taught this live for a long time and we've had people, we've had one gentleman uh, just leave the course immediately. When we asked him to, you know, we asked him, to, the entire class, uh, to choose someone from their childhood home. We didn't even ask him to do it right then and there. We asked him to do it for homework. He then commented this and left the class immediately. And we felt very, very bad about that. And uh, I, I said to Phil uh, when we were making this course, should we still suggest childhood home? Because I realized that uh, a minority of people would just immediately have negative feelings about that. And we ended up saying yes. We ended up agreeing that we're going to include it anyway as a suggestion because, first of all, it, it's you know the vast majority of people uh, don't have a huge problem with it. And also remember that you are completely free to change it to whatever you want. Um, sorry if I haven't made that clear enough uh, throughout the course, but you can choose anywhere that is memorable and you have that freedom. So we give basic guidelines. You choose people, places, objects, and even how you interact with these objects. In There's a, there's a lot of freedom basically in what you select and how you make them interact. So please, if you don't wanna choose a certain place like a childhood home, do not do it. Right? You, you, you have to have positive feelings when you're going into using this method. So that's a great question. And I hope that has answered it satisfactorily there. Another one from uh, Julian Laffey. I see a pair of legs with bare buttocks at the top. Someone mooning everybody. By the way, this is for the well character and also component for moon in Chinese. I really, he says... Not in great taste, but quite memorable. I agree, Julian. Now, my only, uh, I don't have any objections to choosing a prop that's a bit racy or uh, a bit naughty or um, 
you know, in terms of how you make things interact, it sort of speaks to the, the previous question in a way as well. Like you can choose how to interact with things <laughs> in your own way. We want to keep this entire course PG thirteen. <laughs> so we're not we don't go into those sorts of details about what you can imagine um, that might be very memorable. Uh, not only because we're, we're you know we just don't want to. We want to keep this uh, available for all ages. Yes, essentially you can imagine things as long as it has a direct correlation to it's got a direct relationship with how the actual component looks in its appearance or what it actually means so if you want you know someone because that moon uh, component is very very common you're going to have someone mooning you in a lot of your movie scenes and if that's if that's all right with you then it's all right with me well my i'm, I'm interested in, in thinking who are you going to choose for that though you know because it has to be, I mean, a real person. It's going. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but it's going to be a lot easier if that's a real person that you can imagine. So who are you going to choose? Is it going to be someone from your life, or are you going to imagine maybe someone that you've seen in a TV show, a cartoon, or a movie, actually mooning all the time, just always got their pants down? So that's an interesting one. Let me know how that one goes, Julian. And another one from Julian. Uh, he, ch I remember this one. I was a bit concerned about after seeing it because he said, "I'm going to use airport for this particular uh, set." Now, again, for those who aren't really familiar with this method, sets represent the 13 finals. So sets are actual places, usually houses or certain buildings that you are very, very familiar with. So, your places you've lived, for example, friends' houses, schools, workplaces, etc. So when he said airport, I was thinking, well, I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know if that's going to be memorable enough. I mean, who spends enough time in an airport that they'll be able to know their way around it? But then he commented afterwards, Melbourne International in Australia, which I seem to visit a lot. I've actually been there a couple of times. And I was just on, as an aside, I was very surprised the first time I went. It's, it's just all Chinese. I mean, it's uh there's two English, there's two languages, English and Chinese. I was amazed by that, and just goes to show uh, that the level of population of uh, Chinese nationals, or well, I guess there'll be Australian nationals now uh, in Australia. It's it's really quite encouraging. He said, first tone is out the front where people are dropped off and picked up. Second tone is one of the food courts, close enough to a kitchen. He says, third tone can be anywhere else really, duty free, customs, yeah, and fourth tone is out the back or near the tarmac. So again, Julian, if you can imagine all that stuff, that's fantastic. If you, As long as you can, you've been there enough that you can clearly imagine yourself there, any place is valid. Just as, again, we, we just give you guidelines. And as long as you follow the guidelines, basically, you have a lot of freedom when it comes to your sets or your actors or how they interact, etc. This next movie scene is from Nassim, and this is a very early on movie scene for noon Ooh. and he got a lot of this right well which i was very impressed with especially considering english is his second language and it's very very early on in the method so here's his movie scene he uses woody the woodpecker for his actor for w u or just w he's in his childhood home and it's third tone so he's in his bedroom and his house is in the desert of Nejiv. i'm not sure if i'm saying that right but that sounds really cool and he even added what time he's in. So he actually went, he actually said time, childhood. So he went back to his actual childhood, which is something that is a dimension to this method that I've never even thought of mentioning. I mean, that's an interesting one that we're going to think about. 
The props are, well, this is where he went wrong with the method, first of all. He said props, which should be, there's two props to this. The cross, which is number 10, which can be a giant crucifix or a screwdriver, Phillips head screwdriver, whatever. But he went for a giant wooden cross, but then he made his actor be the top prop, which we have, which looks like a, the, the character for person lying down. So we chose, quote unquote, loser. Someone that's kind of like a, I guess, considered to be uh, a bit of a weakling or a loser from your life or from from uh, a cartoon or a TV show or what have you. But he actually made his actor that component, which is a, is a big no-no. You want to make sure that everything is always separate. So your props are props. They're, they're objects. Your actor is always your actor. They do one job, and that is representing the initial of the character you're learning. But a lot of this was great. So the weather was very hot and dry. The sun was vertical. It was, it was noon. That's what the meaning of the character is. I want to take from my room window a picture of my backyard. So he's taking a picture of the backyard and he says that you cannot see the shadow of the crucifix because it's noon. And he saw Woody, the woodpecker, flying at the house. And when he took the picture, it looked like... He took the picture, basically, from what I understand, when Woody was just above the crucifix. So you see the two components there. So there's a lot that's right about this. I don't know why he added in a, the idea of a camera. But again, I don't want to say that's wrong because it doesn't hurt the scene. It uh, actually it could enhance the scene in some way. He's taking a picture. But what I, ba I basically com uh, replied to him what I've already said uh, regarding the actors and sets. That's the main thing. But also I mentioned try not to bring in extra objects, for example, a camera that complicate things. Because when you look back on this, so it might be okay right now or the next day or the third or the fourth day or, the, or a week later even, you have no problem with it. But maybe after you have a, a gap of, say, a month between your flashcards, you might forget part of this story or you might forget what the camera was doing there. And you might look back on it and be confused by the camera. So what is that camera doing there? Why am I taking a picture? What is there something, is this, does this character mean camera? Is the, is the camera a prop that represents a certain component? I would say just, we used to say don't include any quote-unquote foreign objects. Don't, <laughs> that sounds weird, but don't include anything that doesn't have to be there. Just, you got to MacGyver it. Work with what you have. And don't, try not to bring in extra things. You can bring in extra things if it's directly related to the keyword meaning. So, for example, this is noon, right? What do people do at noon? Well, often they have lunch or maybe they have a, some sort of siesta, right? They have a nap. So you could bring in a hammock or you could bring in your favorite meal for lunch, a sandwich or noodles or whatever it is. Those would be fine because it directly represents the keyword. But don't bring in stuff that doesn't have a direct reference to anything. And also the idea of a shadow it not being there like, is maybe a bit too subtle. There needs to be something a bit more in your face. Because the idea of the absence of something is very also very easy to forget as well. So it's like you, this might be one of those examples of something where, well, you might forget the top component because it's also the actor. So you might think, okay, well, I have the cross. Where is everything else? And also, yeah, so there's a few things that needs to improve. But again, it's, it's very early on the method. And uh, Nassim was uh, commented that he, he appreciated the, uh, the reply. And we want to make sure that, especially early on, people get this as much as they can. But at the same time, I want to say well done to Nassim. It was overall not bad at all. Sydney Green, one of our newer 
client said that for a Welshman like me, the female name Sean, spelt S-I-A-N, I, or Sian, I'm sorry, I, I can't remember how to say that, is good because, again, the S-H, and we, we, we're big supporters of that. As long as it has some sort of reference to the sound or the spelling, then please choose that person as your actor. Another one from Nassim, Nassim Shawaba. He says, can I say, uh, instead of brains, for representation of the third tone. This is for the pronunciation mastery, of course. And I've, I said, of course you can. I w the idea, I just chose brains as a representation of what we call the zombie tone or the, the, the proper third tone, if you like. And he has a different representation of someone thinking, going, uh, which is, of course, fine. Now, this is an old comment from Adam Cardellini, who's uh, one of our, um, let's say, more hardworking clients. He's really doing very well with the courses. He says, my Chinese lecturer, a native speaker, of course, actually showed our class this video, the one on third tone, as a good example of how to pronounce the third tone, quote unquote, in the wild. It's a really good thing to know and something we hadn't been taught before. Just as my teacher said, it comes naturally, learned young, for native Chinese speakers. Thanks for this good explanation. Whenever I am practicing the third tone, I think of brains, which is a really nice connection to the previous comment as well. So thanks for that, Adam. Another one from Sydney Green. I've chosen the face at the entrance to the Lunar Park, Melbourne for a big mouth. Again, another, another Aussie in the course. And uh, Sydney Green, he also uh, came up with a few different, he, he seems to be choosing ones uh, that are very, choosing very interesting sets. So he, there's one below here where he, cho he chose the Starship Enterprise as his setting for EN, Enterprise. And again, very interesting. And I've got no issue with this whatsoever, as long as you can imagine yourself walking around the Starship Enterprise. Now, I know nothing about Star Trek, which is what I believe that's what that's from. Um, but I know that there are some very devoted fans that would certainly be able to know the entire layout of the Starship Enterprise. So as long as you can imagine yourself there, it's, it's absolutely no problem. And I imagine it's just as emotion filled as your childhood home or any other uh, real location. So that's great. And the prop he chose, sorry, the, the face at the entrance to the Lunar Park in Melbourne is just a great example of a prop. It's a lived experience that brings in a whole set of emotions. Emotional memory is the strongest type. I mean, that's what all our memories are linked to, is emotion, really. Emotions and locations, which is why we try and get you to choose places that you, that you know very well and preferably have a positive relationship with. Okay, so... It seems that we're at the end of the list here for all these comments. So thank you again, everybody. We've got some, and I, I would just like to say as an extra thank you just to Eric Brown and also Jim. Uh, sorry, Jim, your your last name is really tough for me. It's, uh, I don't even want to, it's Adowefeju, I believe. Um, I haven't got it in front of me here. But you've both been really helpful in um, pointing out uh, corrections that need to be made to say spelling, which isn't our strong uh, suit. Uh, well, spelling, I'm amazing at spelling, actually, but it's it's being at attentive to details that I'm not so good at. So thank you very, very much for all that. 
uh, please keep them coming. Do not feel bad about <laughs> uh, sending suggestions or corrections, and that goes for anybody that is a part of our course. And just as a last thing before signing off, I just want to encourage all of you there to please, if you're enjoying the methods, or you're enjoying the courses, either one, please give us a share on Facebook, give us a like, give us a review or a recommendation on Facebook. Facebook's our key platform at the moment, but please, anywhere else would be fantastic. Tell your friends about it. And you know, we're a growing company and we're a small company, so we, you know, we need all the help we can get, guys. And we are really excited to share this method with the world. So thank you very, very much for listening. Anyone who's listening that isn't a part of our course at the moment, go to our website, mandarinblueprint.com. You'll find a link there to start your free trial. So thank you very, very much. We'll see you next week.